Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hanging in there, Dan Arino. How you doing? Dude, I, I was having a great morning until I, I follow on Twitter uh, Candace Owens, um, who you may be familiar with, conservative commentator, mm. uh, and uh, just... Right as I had the whole show prepared, I see a tweet from her. She's having breakfast with Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA. There's a video on Twitter this morning in Philadelphia, and they're literally attacked by Antifa slobs, animals, uh, pigs, human filth in Antifa. Ah, oh, that bothers you? Someone t- texted me, calling Antifa pigs? I don't know if that's the right approach. Um this show may not be for you, okay? Matter of fact, they're worse than pigs because I don't know pigs that go and attack other pigs for no good reason. It's usually like for food or resources or you mess with you. These are just pigs. These are just savages. You got to see this. They walk up to them. They throw water all over the guy. They start screaming in a megaphone in rear that thank God for the good cops of Philadelphia. Now, luckily, I was going to talk about some of this today so that this show is not entirely disconnected. But this is incredible what's going on because there's a piece out in the Washington Examiner, Joe. Um, and I like uh, Quinn Hillier. I have no problem, uh, 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 you know, with the writing there. But there's a piece by Quinn Hillier and it says, hey, listen, we've got to get back to some semblance of standards and we have to stop this. What about I'm like, wait, what? The whole argument we've been making as conservatives against Antifa and these radical, violent leftists and Maxine Waters calling for confrontation is to get back to standards. That's the, did you miss that? Oh, man. I watched this. I was furious this morning. Also, I know I left uh, some of you confused on Friday's show. The emails were overwhelming. I am uh, My apologies about... I got one of the... Um, the Pfizer, well, I'll explain that in a second rather than even confuse me anymore. It'll be real simple. You'll understand in a minute when I get done with it. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by buddies at WaxRx. You all know how much I love my sponsors. I do. I only work with companies I believe in that have a product, uh, some service that I can use and use and I think is good. Using it's not enough. Um, I love WaxRx. I've had issues with this in the past. Uh, earwax build up and it's tough because, you know, you're not supposed to stick those cotton swabs in your ear. It specifically says it on the back of these products. Do not use in the inner ear. Uh, WaxRx is not the sexiest product to talk about, but as I've told you in the past, I've had to deal with this earwax buildup, and it's it's tough to get out. It, it, it interferes with your hearing. It gets itchy. It's really nasty. This story I'm about to share illustrates how the right product can change your life. This is from a listener. These are real emails. Whose nephew had his life changed by WaxRx. My nephew, Brandon, dreamed of becoming an EMT and entered training. However, he quickly discovered he could not hear through his stethoscope. Without being able to hear the patient's breathing or heartbeats, he simply wasn't going to successfully complete his EMT training. We recommended he try Wax RX, and he used it to clean his ears. Amazingly, he removed a large blockage of wax from both sides. True story. Instantly, he could hear everything, including through his stethoscope. With his hearing restored, he finished his training and is now an EMT. Right now, you can go to uh, you can try WaxRx and the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's Go waxrx.com use offer code dan at checkout for free shipping that's go waxrx.com you will love this product i use it on my kids my wife uses it don't wait you have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax who knows it might just change your life again visit go waxrx.com offer code dan d-a-n okay so yeah they're, they're out 
having breakfast this morning and the video is just deeply disturbing because this happens over and over and over again. You saw I saw you saw the video months ago with Tommy Laren out in a uh, restaurant. I think it was in Seattle. And what is with these unhinged, deranged leftists, you cowards, you punks, you human filth with the throwing water on people? By the way. I abhor violence. I've said this repeatedly. If you're a listener to the show, you understand where I'm going, but it always bears repeating because liberals don't seem to understand what we're made of. They, you know, they will continue to lie to people and tell them where, you know, we're the violent ones. No, we are conservatives bound by higher values. Big R rights given by God, including big R rights giving to people who are ideological opponents. I respect the rights of, of liberals who I've, vehemently disagree with on their ideology and respecting those rights means joe and it's really unbelievable we even have to say this but some liberals are so dumb they don't even understand this respecting your rights means we are not interested in engaging in any kind of physicality with you and in any way shape or form we will defend ourselves if you attack us but our limitations and our red line is our our faith and wouldn't you agree joe being a spiritual guy yourself this is Preemptive violence is an absolute red line for us and is a big fat no. The fact that we even have to say this is so disturbing, but the liberal media and others who paint us as these maniacs don't understand that what they're really covering up is violence by the left. The radical leftist, Joe, doesn't have these red lines. These red lines don't exist. Right. They are... They are God-hating, and I'm not talking about Democrats. Let me be crystal clear. I'm talking about this radical left that is now hijacking this party. They are are secular, God-hating people who have no red line on their behavior at all. They will attack you. They will hurt you. They will spit on you. They will throw drinks on you. They will throw liquids on you. They They will do anything they can to demean, physically hurt, and destroy you, your credibility, and everything out there. These are violent people. Stop pretending otherwise. The evidence now is overwhelming. Joe, can you think, I'm, I'm, this is an honest question, I'm not messing with you. Can you think of a circumstance where you would actively go track down like these Antifa people did this morning with conservatives Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA? Can you think of a scenario where you would go with a megaphone and actively track down a far leftist to throw water on them, to verbally and physically assault them on your own time? Can you think of a scenario where that would happen? No, I, I mean, I'm asking you a dumb question and you're looking at me perplexed because it's a dumb answer because the answer is automatically no and everybody knows it. But do you understand for the left, the answer is automatically yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll find them. Oh, yeah, we'll throw stuff on them, attack them. And and Charlie Kirk and Candace, to their credit, if you watch the video, you know what? I'll put a link to the tweet um, on my uh, link. I'm just taking a note, folks. Sorry, I don't want to miss it. I'll put a link to the tweet in the show notes today. I'll also put the Quinn Hillier piece from the Washington Examiner, which takes the alternate approach. Like, hey, we have to stop calling them out and focus on our own principle. Focus on our own principles. What? Their principles are gone. Do you understand we're boxing a guy who's got no gloves on? And you're, I'm my principal. 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 Oh. Then he kicks you square in the cojones. You're like, oh, principal. <coughs> this is, a, and, and she take, the, the article takes a shot at us. Oh, yeah, hey, listen, uh, you know, we have to get back to, you know, standards. What do you think we're doing here? Let me just square away a couple things here. Why the new rules matter. For those of you who heard my show the other day, we talked about the new rules. Here are the new rules. 
which a lot of these authors now and, and anti-Trumpers are taking a shot at. They're like, well, you know, new rules. We should steal back to the old rules. The old rules are this. We conservatives and libertarians are principal people. Yeah, we still are. We still are principal peoples. And we should stick to a bunch of standards, even if the left throws our standards out the window. Uh, do you understand what's going on here? The new Here are the new rules. Old rules, standards, you know, we should all stick to standards. These standards should matter. We should not call out Hillary and the Democrats for their mistakes. We should focus on cleaning up our own house and we should focus on Trump's behavior before he got in office and all that other stuff because then we'll look like we took the high road later on. That's the old rules. You understand that, Joe? That the, 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 the anti-Trump crowd and the people who don't understand the fight we're in, I don't know if they live in bubbles or what it is, they seem to think that by conservative, conservative commentators, libertarians and Republicans, by us, Joe, calling out our own and not calling out the Democrats for their hypocrisy and their lack of standards and their violence, some Democrats, by us focusing on our own, that we will somehow look like the principled folks to the liberals. The liberals will see these shining examples of ideological and principled armor, and they'll be like, we need to be more like them. No, that is not the fight we are in. Do you understand this? You can't stand in the battlefield in trench warfare, get out of the trench and go, I think trench warfare is... He was going to say, I think trench warfare sucks, but he didn't get to that because he got shot and died. Trench warfare does suck. It is awful. But the way to stop it is not to get out of the trench and scream, we got principles and our principles dictate trench warfare is awful. These the liberals don't care. They don't. Do you understand? They don't care. They're not looking. Joe, they're not looking for a behavioral example of how to behave because they don't have any red line. There's no limits. They've already decided how to behave. To attack, 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 harass, scream, yell, demean, bankrupt. They've already decided that there are no rules here, that this is a war, that this war, she attacks people for taking this Manichaean view. In other words, everything's a good versus evil fight. Not everything is, but with the radical left, it absolutely is. I'm not suggesting we shouldn't, as conservatives, try to convert Democrats and moderate Democrats to a a more conservative line of thinking. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm suggesting the radical left has already forfeited that away. They have already committed to attacking people, to big government statism, to deadly, torturous socialism. They have already committed to a way of they're not interested in negotiation. Why do you think they are? I don't understand where you're getting this from. They are not looking for detente. And us pretending the rules still matter in a boxing match where the liberals are fighting with no, they're fighting bare knuckle, we're fighting with 20-ounce gloves, and you keep screaming to the ref, principal, principal. Well, you know, part of the problem is nobody can fathom that this would ever happen here, this brown shirt action. No, we. everybody thought, and I, you know, I have a note on it. I'm glad you brought that up. It The old rules were that public spaces where people congregate were generally not places for political confrontation. The old rules were, if you went to a restaurant with your family or a restaurant with your friend like Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens in Philadelphia, and you were, you were, you were a, you know, a patron at the business and spending money, that you were generally assumed to be free from being attacked. Those rules are gone. And you expect us to do what? To sit there and take it? No, I'm not suggesting at all that we reverse that behavior and attack them. I just said the opposite. 
But suggesting that we should somehow, I just want to be clear on this, what I'm saying. Suggesting somehow through this Washington Examiner piece that we should instead in our triage of responsibilities, what's most important to us, that we should focus on Trump's behavior pre-presidency as an example to the left about, look, us conservatives, we're cleaning up our own house. As if Trump's behavior is in any way relevant to his conservative decision making now while we're in a fight and being physically attacked by people is insane. In my triage of responsibilities, the new rules matter. And the new rules now are about winning. Winning on taxes, winning on education, winning on health care, and winning on owning the libs at every opportunity. Because if we don't own the libs, and forgive me, I know some people out there who I respect in the Republican circle, we shouldn't focus on owning the libs. That's fine. I get it. And I respect your opinion. I'm just telling you that if we don't own the libs, they will literally own you. Literally, literally the most overused word in the English language. They will own your money. They will own your health care. They will own the public spaces and you will be forbidden from going outside. Oh, that's a little dramatic. Is it really? Is it? Now, I'm fine down here in Florida and Texas and other places. But are we okay anymore as being, uh, if, you're a, if you're any kind of a prominent conservative voice, are you okay to go outside? Listen, I'm cool with it, folks. Let me be crystal clear. I'm not a snowflake at all. I don't, I, I'm not afraid of these people, not one bit. Sadly, I've spent my entire life training for violence. And I'm, I'm, it's not like, hey, look at me. I don't, I don't forget that stuff. But I have kids. And my daughter knows exactly what to do when this happens. Sadly, I've had to actually coach my daughter. I'm not telling anybody on the air with because I don't. But my daughter knows exactly what to do. My 14 year old daughter. We've had to go through this repeatedly. I just got back from New York where I got a couple. And I think me being, you know, 6'1", 230 pounds mutes a lot of this. But we got some eyeballs and some people who I knew wanted to say something. And my daughter knows exactly how to handle it. Because we're ready. You want to play ball? We're ready to play ball. You got no idea what's coming on your end. You want to be a social media star? You know where to find me. I told her, daddy will be okay. I have to have this conversation with my daughter. So one thing, Joe's Joe brought up. When you're ready to go back to the old rules that public spaces are, 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 sane places where conservatives liberals libertarians communists whatever can eat in peace we are all more than ready to take you up on that offer until then the new rules are in effect and right now it is about winning and crushing the libs at the polls their ideology and at every single minute you can on social media going on absolutely going on the defensive and taking them on on every single stupid thing they tweet own them at every opportunity When you want to go back to the old rules, we're all ready to play ball. Number two, modeling decency will not work. I had to take some. I didn't want to miss anything. Modeling decency for them. They're not looking for decency. Hillier writes in the piece and, oh, you know, if we if we just sit there and we focus on Trump and 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 his incivility, which I don't agree with at all, by the way, but it's incivility. I, I, I told you he's a Queens guy. That's how we work. That's how we operate. I'm from Queens, too. That's how we roll. Right. But even if you accept that premise, 
that this will somehow model decency for the left and we'll go back to the old rules, assumes they're looking for decency. They're not looking for model decency. They're looking for confrontation, violence, and aggression. What did you, did you miss this? Uh, you know, maybe because you write for the, uh, listen, I love the Washington Examiner, but maybe because you're, you're I don't know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I know it's going to come out wrong and so just forgive me in advance, but I don't know any other way to say it. If I did, I'd be more diplomatic. But maybe because Hillier doesn't have that big of a profile. You know, that the confrontation isn't there. But as you grow in prominence, and I'm not being a jerk, I mean it, but as you're, you get the facial ID and the name ID and people start to recognize you, you get confronted all the time. I was in JFK Airport, was it three months ago? Guy on the line. You know how the lines loop back and forth, so you wind up seeing the same person over and over at the DSA line. Guy says to me, hey, hey uh, you know, you Dan Bongino from Fox. Yeah, and it started out nice. He didn't say anything. And then I loop by him again. The guy starts screaming at me. Ah, Donald Trump, we're going to be losing his mind. The, yeah, the TSA guy had to ask him, hey, hey, you need to calm down or you can't get... Right, he did. He had time to think about how how enraged he was. And I, th- and I just kept saying to him, which drove him nuts. I think I talked about this when it happened. It drove him crazy. Why are you so angry? Why, why are you so hate-filled? I'm not angry. I'm not... You're angry. Yeah, Hey, Bunker! They were like, people were... By the way, when the TSA guy approached the guy, everybody around him, even the libs, started clapping because the guy was so annoying. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I get it. But why are you so filled with hate, liberals? They're not... The answer is because they hate you. They're not looking for some model of decency. We are in an actual fight here with people... It is... It, Joe, this is not complicated to people like you and I who've had to live through this. You know, did you read that article? I'm thinking of CPAC because Joe usually comes with me to CPAC. There was an article written by a liberal who went to CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. 99.99% of the people outside of the media there are diehard conservatives and libertarians. So this former Obama supporter, well, Obama supporter, not former, she was an Obama supporter, big time Democrat goes there. And writes this lengthy piece like, man, I was shocked. I was treated so civilly. People invited me out for drinks. People were inviting me to their conferences. And meanwhile, Joe and I were reading this. We're like, yeah. So like the article wasn't, the liberals couldn't believe this. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is national news. Conservatives are civil. We don't, let me wrap this up on this one, on this, on this point, on this one. Because I know you, you like this point, Joe. We do model decency. After faith-based spiritual values, we are all sinners. We are not claiming, I'm not, listen, I'm nobody's role model. I'm claiming to, I have an objective good. That objective good is what, in my case, Jesus Christ and others has set out as an example for me. An example I fail at hourly, if not by the minute. I try, but I have an example of what I want to model my behavior after. The left doesn't have that. I'm not talking about Democrats. They're very spiritual. I'm talking about the radical left. This is a secular golden calf state operation that worships the state, power, violence, and aggression. They're not looking for a model for decency. Why are you confused about this? They are looking to attack you. You pretending, oh, if we just focus on Trump, they'll go, hey, um, maybe I shouldn't kick Joe's butt today while he's eating out in a restaurant because you know I heard Joe the other day call out Donald Trump because 15 years ago um, you know he was a playboy in New York are you crazy 
Seriously, are you like in a, one of those marijuana states and smoking the dubs? I mean, what are you? Are you nuts? Did you drink heavily last night? They're not looking for model decency. These people are to be owned. Owned. P-W-N-E-D is like I call you. Google it. You'll get the joke. I know. Please don't tell me I spelled it wrong. Just Google it. You'll get it. I got caught with that on Levin one time. They need to be ideologically taken down at every opportunity on Twitter, on Facebook. That's why I say, oh, I don't want to argue with my left-leaning liberal friends. I don't want to lose them. You've already lost. What are you talking about? You want to lose your country? No, argue at every opportunity. So number one, the standards are the fight. Stop pretending, oh, we need to return to standards. Why they don't. No, that is the fight. They're not interested in that. And until they understand the ramifications of their own decisions, this is where I disagree with conservative commentators on that guy. Um, who was it? Oh, the Disney, what was it? The Disney director of Guardians of the Galaxy, that guy, James Gunn. There are conservative commentators out there. And again, I respect them and I respect their opinion. It's not personal. This guy sent out the most disgusting tweets years ago about pedophilia, just grotesque, disgusting tweets. He was fired by Disney. He's the Guardians of the Galaxy director. There are conservatives going, well, you know, we got to go back to rules where people are allowed to make mistakes in the past. Okay, when that happens, good. We'll all allow everyone to say sorry. Until that day, the new rules are in effect. The new rules are this. If a conservative who tweeted 57 years ago, uh, I get it, it's a joke. You know, hey, listen, uh, whatever, Barack Obama stinks, and he's supposed to be fired for that. Then the same rules now apply to liberals. When you want to return to the old rules where we're all allowed to say stupid stuff and apologize, I'm totally game. But if Roseanne's to be fired for what she acknowledges is a horrible tweet, then James Gunn has to go too. When liberals are ready to go back to the old rules, we're all game. But until we can agree on standards, the standards are the fight. Modeling decency won't work. Point number two. Point number three with the libs. Winning isn't good enough for them. Joe, right? Winning is not good enough. When they win on an issue, they're not looking for detente. They're not looking to sit down at the table and go, okay, we won in the Supreme Court on an issue like gay marriage. How do we now sit down with conservatives and accommodate sincere religious beliefs and their space and their freedom with our belief that Men and women who are gay should be able to marry. How do we do that? That's They're not interested. Do you understand they are interested in crushing you? You got a baker who is inconsequential to the national argument at all. and Inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. There are um, thousands of bakers who will bake a cake for a gay wedding. You got a baker who says, I'll bake you whatever you want. I'm just gonna, not going to do custom artwork via my cake. My cake is my art for that wedding because I have a spiritual disagreement with that which should be respected. You are to be bankrupted and put out of business. Winning isn't good enough for the left. You're, 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 you're attempting to agree on a sit-down and standards of conduct for a sit-down. This is what the never-Trumpers want. We should, could, we should call out Trump for standards of conduct and sit at the table with the libs. They aren't interested in sitting at the table. They're interested in doing the uh, Teresa Gadis from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yeah, and she flips the table. They don't care. Why do you think they want to sit down with you? 
they, they, they don't care. They, listen to me. They're not interested. Winning is not good enough. You are to be crushed. Crushed. Conservative business owners are to be boycotted. Spiritual people who do artwork, whether it's floral, or whether it's uh, pastries and cakes, whatever it may be. You are to be bankrupted. You're to be destroyed. You're to be put in jail in the case of the Kentucky court clerk. Standards? What standards? Their standards are violence, aggression, government force, weaponizing, spied on the president. You want standards? (sighs) One final thing, which I already said on this. I do have a lot to get to. I'm going to clear up some stuff on Friday, too. Folks, keep your head on a swivel around these people. We have a red line. They don't. This is not a joke. I'm not sure if it's because I worked in the Secret Service and saw the left at work in the Bush administration and what they do. We have a red line. I saw this. You listen, you can liberals listening, you can throw this out and discount it all you want because I'm a conservative. That's fine. I, I honestly I don't care. I'm talking to reasonable people, which does not include you. When I worked for George Bush as a Secret Service agent, I saw these liberal rallies. Some of the signs were insane. The effigies, the just it was disgusting. When the same thing happened with Barack Obama, and I'd see the conservative rallies at these sites, they were far different. They were controlled, they were peaceful, and I saw the conservatives police their own. Once in a while, you'd have a guy show up with some stupid sign, and you know what? They'd usually be thrown out. Usually. Sometimes people slip in and bad stuff happens, but I'm telling you as a general rule, these liberal rallies were far more out of control and far more vitriolic. We have a red line. Our red line is bedrocked in spiritual values. People who believe in faith and family. We're not saying we're, you know, we're better than you. We're just saying we have an objective truth that's good. Your objective truth is power and government and any tactic you need that ends will always be justified by the means you accept to do it. And the far left has clearly accepted confrontation. Violent confrontation. This was disgusting this morning. Now, folks, I have a couple articles up in the show notes, one by uh, Derek Hunter, who's a friend of mine. Um, Derek has a piece up in Town Hall. Joe knows Derek. Uh, Derek has a, a piece about these double standards now, how the left has only a standard for Republican behavior. But no standard whatsoever of people on the left. They talk about that New York Times reporter, in case you missed it. The New York Times, excuse me, uh, editorialist who was hired by the New York Times. Who just these disgusting tweets about white people, about cops. So Candace Owens from Turning Point, I don't know if you heard this, changed the tweets verbatim except for one word. The new person hired by the New York Times who tweeted horrible things about white people, Candace Owens, who happens to be black herself, by the way, changed the tweets to being about black and Jewish people. Otherwise verbatim. She was banned by Twitter for 12 hours. For tweeting the exact same thing that this woman hired by the New York Times tweeted about white people, but it was never banned. It's disgusting. By the way, you want it, Joe? You got that? Can you cue up the crazy lady? Yeah, yeah. You want to hear who the radical left is? These are the people you want to have. A, so let me get this straight again. 
And the Hillier piece. We want we should be debating right now Trump's pre-presidential behavior rather than going full force to kind of reestablish some sense of normalcy and owning these people at every single opportunity, ideologically speaking. This is the kind of nonsense we are dealing with right now with the left. America! America! I made a song. If it fits you, so be it. If it doesn't... America, you mother... You drug addict! You KKK, you fascist USA! I'll say it one more time. America, you mother... You drug addict! You KKK, you fascist USA! That was the lady who was caught protesting on the Statue of Liberty. This is the insanity you're dealing with with the radical left. So let me just restate this and move on. The new rules are in effect, and the new rules will stay in effect. And the new rules are this. We don't care one bit about Trump's pre-presidential behavior, and we we care even less about his tweets, and I care even less about your disagreements with his personality and the fact that he takes it to you. We don't care. New rules. Hashtag don't care. Thank you. Have a nice day. All we care about is winning and beating you. When you want to get back to the old rules and conversations about civility in politics and what the rules should be for public spaces and how we shouldn't violently attack people, we will welcome that conversation with open arms. Until then, the new rules are in effect. Disregard these never Trumpers and their, ah, we should focus on Trump and all this. I don't care. New rules are in effect. Win, 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 win congressional races, win Senate races, win on Twitter, win on Facebook, win the mayor's race, win the city council race, race, win the, you know, win the rallies, win the people that show up at the Trump rallies, win against the media, win, win, win. When you want to get back to a conversation about the old rules, we are more than willing. But as of now, when you continue to attack us, the new rules are in effect. We win, you lose. Those are the new rules. Period. How about that? How about that? Damn right. You got Mel Allen too. We gotta, we gotta give Mel Allen. A how about that? How about that? <laughs> All right, I got a lot to get. It's been a little longer than I intended on that. But today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Listen, the iTarget Pro system is the best system out there for improving improving your marksmanship with your firearm. We have a responsibility for these firearm owners to be safe and also to be proficient with that weapon. These are serious weapons. They can do uh, very serious damage if you don't know what you're doing. Practice matters. Practice matters. Practice matters. Now, one of the best ways to practice your marksmanship with that firearm is a technique called dry firing. Dry firing is when you safely unload your weapon. You check that cylinder on a revolver. You check it twice. You check it three times. You look away. Why do you look away? Because if you keep staring at the same thing, even if there's a round in there, you may miss it. You look away, look at the wall for a minute, look back, you're going to catch it. Check it once, check it twice, check it three times. If it's a semi-auto, you rack that slide to the rear, you look inside that chamber, you finger probe, you check, you check twice, you look away. When you pull a trigger on a safely unloaded weapon, of course, always pointed in a safe direction, that's called dry firing. You practice your trigger pull, your grip, your sight alignment, your sight picture, all key components of quality Uh, high-quality marksmanship, things we learned in the NYPD and the Secret Service every day. Dry firing is essential. Now, the problem with dry firing is this. You have no idea where the round would have gone because the weapon is safely unloaded. The iTarget Pro system solves that problem for you. They will send you a laser round for the firearm you have now. That laser round, you drop in the safely unloaded weapon. You don't have to do any manipulations, nothing to the firearm you own. If you have a 9mm, they'll send you a 9mm round. 
38, whatever it may be, 45. And that laser round will emit a laser onto a target they send you. And now you can see exactly where that round would have gone. You're off to the right. You're off to the left. You're a little low. You can adjust your grip, adjust your sight picture. Maybe your sights are off. How would you know? It's one of the best ways to determine you're zeroed out on those sights. Pick this system up today. You will not regret it. People who own it, friends of mine, cannot put it down. Matter of fact, my co-author for my book, Spygate, Denise McAllister's husband, cannot put the thing down. She's still mad at me for that. (laughs) I think she got over it. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter, itargetpro.com. Pick up the iTarget Pro system today. Use promo code DAN for 10% off. That's itargetpro.com, the letter itargetpro.com, promo code DAN for 10% off. And don't forget, competitive shooters, people do this for a living, try fire 10 times more than they live fire at the range. Practice your grip, practice your sight picture, your sight alignment, your trigger pull, slow and steady. Marksmanship is your responsibility. Go check it out. itargetpro.com, promo code DAN for an astounding 10% off. Okay, um... Speaking of books, I got an interesting Facebook message this weekend from a, a gentleman who posted on my page. He said, Joe, I, 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 well, he didn't say Joe. He said, Dan, I'm saying Joe. I just got around to reading your second book, uh, The Fight, which I really enjoyed writing. And the book was about security challenges in the coming year. He goes, my gosh. He's like, the book is oddly prophetic. He's like, two things. This book I wrote five years ago. He's like, you're talking about things in, his book that are, in the book that are all happening right now. I, I go into uh, drones and drone technology and how this is going to be a danger in the future and how, you know, with 3D printers in the future, it's going to be almost impossible once these programs get out there um, to, to stop the, the, the printing of, of firearms in many cases. I think the government wants to. Um, you know, the government's always looking to infringe. I mean, meanwhile, gunsmithing's been around forever. But... The drone thing, just quickly, I have an article in the show notes. Did you see what happened with Maduro in Venezuela? The communist, uh, now listen, he's a communist, but um, they t- someone tried to assassinate him. So they did it via drone. And if you read that book, I have a whole chapter on this, how this is going to be the challenge in the future for protection, uh, security, for law enforcement, and even for our military folks. These drones are almost undetectable, and they flew up. If you missed the story, uh, I have the article in the show notes, again, at Bongino.com. Please subscribe to my email list. I'll send these all right to you, all, all with the Hillier article as well. But please check it out. You'll see what happens. They fly a drone with an explosive right overhead and the thing detonates. Now, uh, his security team gets around him and winds up shuffling him out of there. But this is going to be a serious problem in the future. And I go into all kinds of things like RF, RF connectivity, how... You know, in the past, the the idea was, okay, well, we'll just break the connection between the drone operator and the drone. It's usually an RF signal, and therefore the drone would fall, you know, it would have no command, so it would fall to the ground or whatever, or they could control it. The problem is a lot of these now folks can be geo-targeted, and they don't have to talk to an operator anymore. In other words, you go here, this lat, this lounge, this latitude, longitude, whatever it may be, and you just do this, and there's no RF signal to deal with at all. So this is going to be a real problem, whether it's going to be laser targeting, but I discuss a lot of that, whether it's going to be nets, um, swarms of drones as a, as a, uh, a, a, a counter to the, swar- the, the enemy swarm of drones. These are real problems. And I remember when I wrote the book, a lot of people, oh, that's kind of, isn't that a little Star Trek-y or something? Like you're getting a little ahead of yourself? Well, no. Like I said, I wrote the book five years ago, and if you watch the video Maduro, you'll see this is going to be a big problem in the future. Okay. Um, moving on, because there were some more... News on Friday, 
Devin Nunes, the Republican from California who has been all over, all over the Spygate operation. Thank God for this guy. Please support this man if you're in his congressional district. He has uh, just been terrific. He gave an interview to the Sean Hannity radio program and the interview, there were a couple of, as always, whenever we usually get them from the Maria Bartiromo show who's been doing great work on the weekends, but this one was on Friday. There's a couple of pieces of sound. It's a long interview. It's 20 minutes. So Joe and I had to kind of pick the two uh, ringers in there, but there's two clips from this I want you to pay very close attention to. Um, let's go to clip number one first. And Nunes brings up an important point about just to give you a little background on what he's saying. Jim Comey, when he came out with his book, the former FBI director, folks, his defense to no, we just didn't use the fake dossier to target Trump. His defense was there was a mosaic. In other words, no, there was other information out there. Those are his words, Jim Comey. There was a mosaic of information. John Brennan called it the corpus of intelligence. The hack that he is, the corpus. Now, Devin Nunes, you get, you see where I'm going with this, right, Joe? It wasn't the FBI under Comey and Brennan saying it wasn't just the fake dossier we used. It was the mosaic. It was the corpus. Here's Devin Nunes on Hannity addressing that issue. What's left, what's still redacted, is what Comey called the mosaic. And that's why this is so important, because the, the American public deserves to know well, what was the rest of the information? Did you, because, and this should tell people a lot, Sean. Why, right when, when the FISA was released, it was leaked to the New York Times a couple weeks ago. And what was it? What was their first messaging, the narrative that they tried to build right out of that? This proves that Devin Nunes and the House Republicans were liars. Well, that lasted about well, a whole 12 hours because I said, uh, actually, no. Just the opposite was true. Rest. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was true, and you also had them saying, "Well, the really juicy stuff." Not only was were Nunes and the Republicans lying, the real juicy stuff is in the redacted part. Well, then we actually showed a letter. Well, wait a second, we actually asked President Trump to declassify this a couple months ago, and here's the pages. Ever since that happened, you do not see anybody in the left. I'm talking about the, the from the Democratic Party to the media, the hard media left, mainstream media left, to the Comey people. They are dead silent. They don't want those pages released. They're they're hoping that this issue goes away, which is why it's so imperative that President Trump declassify at least these 20 pages. And I, and I I'm hopeful that he will. Uh, and well, and the sooner I, he I have the sources, and you're not one of them, just to be very clear here. Um, but I have sources that have been telling me now for some time that if the 19, 20 pages are released with corroborating emails with them, that it will it will actually blow the entire Russian narrative out of the water and it will be done over and finished. All right. Sorry about that echo at the end, but that was really, yeah. You know what? I, I should have, t- I heard a little bit of that in the thing, but just, it's all right. Leaving it. I'll be just cut it off. It, that's the whole point of the thing is in, is in that sound, uh, that sound clip right there. That's my fault, by the way. Now producer Joe's, I, he always tells me proof these and I listened to it. I didn't get back to him in time. Now, just to be clear, it didn't even matter what was said at the end on that one. The mosaic. That's the, you understand the defense, right? You have to take this out to 30,000 feet to understand what's going on and why this scandal is so devastating and why the Democrats are in a corner desperately right now trying to box their way out. 
The mosaic defense. Oh, we didn't just use a fake dossier to spy on Trump and his team. We used the mosaic, the corpus. Nunes, who is the Republican who has seen this information, he understands the the redacted portions. He's seen it. Has actually asked for this stuff to be unredacted. Now, the big, huge, gold medal winning question right now is if Nunes is asking the president... For un, to unredact, to take the blackouts out, and to let the American people see the mosaic, and and you'll see in, in clip two how devastating he thinks this stuff is. What the heck is in there? I'm going to play cut two, and then I'm going to give you my theory on what's in there based on a good body of homework on this and how devastating this stuff's going to be. Bruce Orr was effectively the number two or three under the deputy attorney general, both Sally Yates and Rod Rosenstein. His office was just a couple doors down. Uh, His wife, Nellie Orr, was working for uh, Fusion GPS, which was digging up the dirt, or basically, I don't even think they were, I don't even think they were digging anything. I think they were just making Wasn't she part of the uh, team that was putting together the dirty dossier? Yeah, so she, she was the one working for Fusion, working with Christopher Steele, to compile this. At the same time, Bruce Orr, one of the top people at the Justice Department, was secretly meeting with who? Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele. Yeah. So, so Chuck Grassley has asked for about a dozen of these 302s, which are F, a, a, it's a number of an FBI report. He wants them declassified. I've seen them. We have the Bruce Orr note. I have this been hearing rumors for a long time that these 302s were altered and, and changed after the fact. Well, those, I think that is referring to the General Flynn 302. Uh, I don't think that the Bruce Orr 302s were, were changed, but remember what we're saying here. One of the top guys in the Department of Justice, a guy who's supposed to be in management, Christopher Steele gets fired, right, gets terminated. The FBI says he's, we're not going to use him anymore. But actually they were. They actually took one of the top DOJ lawyers, and essentially he ran Steele as a source. So, so Bruce Orr just took the place of Steele and was getting information from Steele and still feeding it into the FBI. And none of wow. this, none of this ever made it to the court. Whoa. How about that? What? Now, the reason I play a lot of Devin Nunes material on this show is because, as my wife said, she's the best. We were eating last night in the house, and she's listening to this interview because I have it playing on my iPhone at the table because this is what I do. My entire life is content production. She's like, Dan, did you notice how he lets little tidbits out in every joke? Did you notice this newness? Little tidbits, but he never, you know, he never breaches the t- there's his clearance or anything like that, but there's always a little tidbit here or there, and, and if you know what to listen for, you know exactly what's going on. Folks, the mosaic, the mosaic Comey sites, it's not just the dossier. There were other sources. If you go back and listen to my early shows from episode number 628 on, Joe, what is one of the first things we highlighted? We've we've always tried to bring this out umbrella-wise to, to um a bird's eye view of what the big questions are. One of the biggest questions left to be answered is if there was no official intelligence used to start this investigation, which we already know. In other words, it was no vetted uh, through appropriate IC, intelligence community channels, information to start this. How did an intelligence investigation start without official intelligence? What was the question we asked? We said the information superhighway and exposing it is going to be the key. 
The real conspiracy here was a conspiracy to launder information on an information superhighway from political operatives into law enforcement, but to launder it to make it seem that the information was in fact coming from legitimate, vetted intelligence community channels. It was not. The question we had asked all the way back to 628 on was the information superhighway. This is the political scandal. Do you understand where I'm going with this, folks? Because it was political information used in a law enforcement intelligence matter. It was not intelligence law enforcement sourced information. Now, the way they made this information seem more authentic was to clean it through multiple channels. What were those channels? First, it was Steele himself working with the FBI who paid Steele. Steele is a a former UK intelligence officer, a foreign intel officer who is working unquestionably for a unit paid by Hillary Clinton to gin up information on Donald Trump. They are paying foreign intel. None of that is in question. Steele already acknowledges that he did not go to Russia, but that his information, uh, the information, multiple people have acknowledged from Kremlin-connected sources. So when Steele, this is what Nunes said there in case you missed it, when Steele, who was working with the FBI and being paid, was found to be leaking information to the media in violation of his cooperation arrangement with the FBI, Steele was fired because he was lying. Ladies and gentlemen, the bedrock of a quality source in the court system. Judge, I swear this information is the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. I got it from Steele. The bedrock of that is being able to verify Steele as an honest source who's telling you the truth. Steele was terminated by the FBI with this cooperation agreement because he was lying about what? About leaking information to the media. The FBI, do not leak to the media. I'm not leaking to the media. You're leaking to the media. They caught him. They caught him leaking to the media, let him go. So instead of going back to the judge and saying, hey, listen, we have a problem with our source. Our source is talking to the media in violation with our agreement. There's a history now here of dishonesty here and him not telling us the truth. His credibility is at stake. What did they do? They doubled down. They doubled down. They said, I'll tell you what, we can't formally use this guy anymore. We can't formally use Steele because his credibility is now shot. So here's what we're going to do. Let's informally bring someone on on Fusion GPS who's got a connection to a high-ranking person in the Justice Department. Oh, Nellie Orr. Let's bring on the spouse of a guy who is a upper-level manager in the Department of Justice. Bruce Orr has direct access to Rod Rosenstein who signed off on the fourth FISA warrant, right? This is why everybody's focusing on that fourth FISA, the last one, which is, by the way, the one I was addressing in the Friday show. I'll get to that in a second. Rod Rosenstein signs off on that fourth warrant. He's got an office right near Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr and the DOJ's wife is working for the same company Hillary hired to gin up negative information on Trump. Their main source there in that company, Steele, is discredited because he's been lying about talking to the media. So instead of letting him go and letting the case go, what do they do? They hire Bruce Orr's wife, who just relays the same Steele and the same stuff right back to Bruce Orr, who gives it to the FBI. Now they're like, oh, great, we can use it again. What? What? 
do you understand the debacle with you? Notice what uh, Nunes said. He said, and the information was not in the FISA. What does he mean by that? He doesn't mean the Bruce or Nelly or Christopher Steele information that shouldn't have been used because Steele had already been discredited. He doesn't mean that information. You may ask, well, Dan, how do you know this? I'm pretty darn confident. The research here we have done in the book has been, the book is going to blow you away. There's a whole chapter on or. I believe what happened here is not that they didn't include that information. They didn't include specifics of where the information came from and the motivation of the person providing it. In other words, they did not include specifics that the information coming from or who is now running a source as a lawyer, which I've never heard in my life. The investigators do that in conjunction with the DOJ. They didn't include the fact that when Orr was interviewing with Christopher Steele, in some cases after he'd been let go by the FBI for dishonesty, that that Steele had mentioned to Orr about this hatred for Donald Trump and a passion to not get him elected. I can almost guarantee you that's not in the FISA. So in the FISA warrant is not, I, I'd be stunned if it's there, that that or, that Steele hated Donald Trump and didn't want him elected, and that also was the information was coming from a source that had already been booted out of the FBI's uh, cooperation agreement for lying. How do I know this? Because if you look at what Chuck Grasley and Nunes are asking for to be released, the picture, the real mosaic comes together. They now want publicly released the email exchanges between Bruce Orr and Christopher Steele and they want the FBI 302s the interview summaries released between the FBI and Bruce Orr folks what does that tell you it tells you you've not been wasting your time here for the last year almost where I've been telling you the whole time that the information superhighway how they took the same information from Christopher Steele and laundered it cleaned it To make it look like it was legitimate through multiple sources, that's the scandal. What do we know now? We know this, that the way to verify information, to get a warrant to spy on someone in the federal government, is to get it from a reputable source. We know that didn't happen. The source was fired. Be clear, Joe. There's only two ways to do this. Folks, this is the essence of the scandal. Please, this is really important. When you are a federal agent working a source, you can go in front of a judge and you can use basically two prongs to authenticate the information given to you by the source. The the source has personal knowledge of it. You've used him before. And that knowledge he has of these incidents has worked out in the past. He's told you about three prior bank robberies because he knows the guy's robbing the banks. If he tells you about a fourth, that's information you can likely use in a warrant. The second way. If you haven't worked with a source in the past, or you have, and the information is suspect, you have to independently verify that yourself. Now, they had worked with Steele in the past, but Steele got booted for lying to them. 
So their responsibility was to go out and verify the information independently. And instead of doing it, what did they do? They took the exact same information from the exact same guy. And instead of doing their homework, the Democrats, the libs and the swamp rats had it shuttled through different channels to reach the same endpoint, the FBI. They said, well, if we get to steal information in Nellie Orr and Orr is working to Fusion GPS and her husband's in the DOJ, I'd love to see what these email exchanges say. Is it the same information being passed to a different channel? What about the Jonathan Weiner State Department channel? Jonathan Weiner, State Department employee, already wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post saying how some of the same information in the memos we call the dossier from Steele wound up through Cody Shear and Sid Blumenthal, political operatives not working for the government, wound up in the State Department's hands and wound up with the FBI through the State Department. Ladies and gentlemen, all roads lead back to Steele. It's the same information from a discredited source. That information superhighway is the scandal. Now, let me just clear up something on Friday. I'm really sorry I confused a lot of you on the date. The second story I'll get to another time. I I, I get that part, but I was deliberately being a bit, um, and Joe understands why, because I don't want to hurt anybody's, unlike the, I'm not going to do an Adam Schiff and re- release it for, for political reasons. That's not my job. But on the Mifsud story, I've said to you repeatedly that Mifsud the guy who starts this whole thing by telling Papadopoulos allegedly back in April that the, the Russians had dirt on Hillary, the whole nexus of the Democrat narrative is that Mifsud had to be a Russian asset who was trying to get to the Trump team the signal for the Russians that they had dirt on Hillary to use. The scandal, I believe, the other big scandal outside of the information superhighway is did they frame the Trump team by pushing the information into the Trump orbit? We already know they spied on him. That's scandal number three. Scandal number one, the information superhighway. Scandal scandal number three, the spying out of the Trump team to pull the negative information out. I believe scandal number two is that they pushed the information in, that Mifsud's connections are to Western intelligence that may have pushed that in there. And I had said to you that uh, the Margot Cleveland piece, which is in the Friday show notes, which is a really good show, by the way, Friday. Maybe if you understand it now, go back and listen again. It'll make sense. That the fourth FISA, after the February meeting with Ms. Sud, when the FBI interviews him, has a footnote in there with the FBI looking to protect the source. Who's that source? Is that source Mifsud? I had said to you it was the January to March one. I'm sorry. I meant the fourth one. After. It was after. not Because some of you said, well, how can that be? How can they do a January to March footnote for a, you know, for a, a if, if the renewal was in January, right? For a meeting, it didn't happen until February. It was the fourth one covering the January to March period. Does that make sense, folks? In other words, the FBI interviews Mifsud, who I'm, I highly suspect. I'm highly suspicious, I should say, to be precise here, uh, is a Western intelligence source who is alleged to have pushed the information about dirt on Hillary into the Trump team. In the FISA warrant re-up that appears after that meeting, there's a footnote about, hey, we need to protect the source. Who's the source? Who's the source? Is it him? Is it Mifsud? Is that the push? Oh, boy. Would that be a, be a monster? All right, one more story to get to, but um, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition, best nutrition products out there on the market. These guys are the best. If a doctor on staff there puts together the finest nutritional supplements I've ever taken, one of them is foundation. What is foundation and why does it matter to you? Listen, we all want to look better. We all want to perform better. 
We all want energy. We all want to look better. We all want to be able to get more physically active and we all want to be able to do more, more volume. We want to be able to work without getting tired all the time. This is the answer. The answer is foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. It is a creatine ATP blend. It is basically supercharged creatine that gives you not just one extra gas tank. That would be the creatine. Two extra gas tanks. It's the ATP blend with it. This stuff is terrific. You don't believe me? Take the mirror test. Look in the mirror. Take a little mental snapshot of what you look like, right? Try the foundation. Come back seven days later. Take a peek at yourself again. I promise you will be impressed. Not only that. Look at your performance in the gym. Take a piece of paper. Write down uh, how much you do bench, squat, deadlift, whatever it may be. What's your, you know, your run times? Go check it out seven days later. Check out your performance after a week of this stuff. Give it about a week to load. It is fantastic. Best nutrition product out there for, for performance, for looks, the aesthetics. You're going to love it. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. Okay. So, uh, uh, this week, uh, just to wrap up that other story, let's hope we get those 20 pages unredacted. I believe what's going to be in those documents is going to be documentary evidence that the Bruce Orr information superhighway from Fusion GPS to the FBI was nothing more than an effort to circumvent the failures of Christopher Steele as a source and their failure to verify it. And it was nothing more than an information superhighway created to make Christopher Steele's identical information look verified, even though it wasn't. I also believe that this Mifsud connection is going to get uglier and uglier until the Democrats have to finally admit that they, in fact, the Democrats were the source for this. All right. One final story I saw on the Wall Street Journal today, which was interesting. Folks, if you live in a big government state, uh, it's heavy government spending. And listen, some of them are not all uh, blue states. Some of them are red states, which have engaged in profligate spending as well, whether it's a history of uh, you know Democrat governors or even bad Republicans who spent a lot of money. If your state is loaded down with big government pension obligations, which a lot of states are, this guy in the, in the piece makes a really, really terrific point. It's in the op-ed column in the uh, on the Wall Street Journal today, and it talks about how government pensions are creating a lien on your house. You're like, wait, what? A lien on my house? That's crazy. Folks, a lot of these states out there, and it goes into a couple of them, one of them being Alaska, but a lot of them being liberal states as well. How if these government pension obligations are legally enforced, which they are in many states, Joe, there are state guidelines that say government employees who have these pensions, these things have to be paid no matter what, no matter what. So the guy says, well, there's only really three ways to raise government income, a sales tax, an income tax, and a property tax. Now, the problem they're having now, folks, is what's happening in liberal states. People are leaving. They're evacuating in mass. So they're avoiding what? The sales tax and the income taxes are living somewhere else. They're not paying the sales tax in California because they're moving to, you know, whatever, to Texas. They're not paying the sales tax in New York. They're moving to Florida. They're not paying the income tax either because their legal residence is in a blue in a red state. But what's left behind, Joe? The property doesn't move. So the point in the piece is an excellent one that you better be prepared in the future because these obligations are not going away. This is real money. These pension obligations to making promises the government cannot possibly pay in the future. I'm not knocking people who work for a living. Don't take this story. I'm just telling you the pure mathematics of it. The money's got to come from somewhere. It was saying, Joe, that you effectively have a lien on your home by the government. That if you are in a state 
that is struggling under massive pension obligations, that sooner or later, as these people escape more and more, the burden is going to fall on the property they can't escape. And as the taxes go up and up and up and up and up to pay these, what's going to happen to the value of your house? It's going to go down and down and down and down. Why, Joe? Because when you walk in a car dealer, what is the first thing he tells you on financing? The car dealer says, hey, what monthly payment can you afford? People think about, they don't think about the price of a home in terms of the price overall. You may say, oh, of course. No, they don't. They really, they think about the monthly mortgage payment, what they can afford. If the monthly mortgage payment is 50% property taxes, then listen, the value of the home has to come down correspondingly so that they can make the monthly payment to pay the property taxes. The value has to come down. And he talks about an example. That's what happened in Detroit. Eventually, the, the burden of government spending fell upon the property. The pro- now the property in, lo- in a lot of places is worthless. Something to think about, folks. Remember what I told you. All debts are paid by the debtor or by the creditor. That's a mil- famous Milton Friedman line. All debts are paid. These debts on government-funded pension obligations they can't afford, they will be paid. They'll be paid by the person who lent them money, you, or they'll be paid by the debtor or the creditor. So the guy who fails to pay them back, then it's paid by you or the person who does pay him back, which is you. Either way, you pay. You're the debtor and the creditor when it comes to government. Keep that in mind. That's why I left. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Please go pick up my book. Uh, We were rocketing up the charts. We were 14 on Amazon. My new book, Spygate, The Attempted Sabotage of Donald Trump. I appreciate everyone picking up the book. We are uh, really selling selling like hotcakes. It goes into all this stuff in detail. We did a tremendous amount of research. So I really appreciate that. Go pick it up today if you don't mind. It's available on Amazon. Uh, The Kindle version's out there today, too, for pre-order. So Spygate, The Attempted Sabotage of Donald Trump. Go pick it up today. Thanks a lot, folks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.